Welcome everyone to the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the mountain. For this week's episode, we have the 10 most electrifying games the Mountain West had to offer this year. After developing a formula to rate each game this year, this list will be as close to subjective as possible. No transfer update this week, no real news on that front. So with only one thing to get through, let's dive right into it. Now, when I say I made this list objectively, I really tried my hardest to make that the case. I developed a criteria to score each game this year to find the 10 most exciting games of the year. This was overcomplicated, and I don't wish figuring this one out on anyone, but if you want to see my full scoring breakdown formula, you can find that link in the show description. To keep it short, I came up with six categories. Those were lead changes, combined winning percentage, impact on the Mountain West long term, an upset factor with a bonus for storming the field, the highest win probability from the team that lost, and a category I call bonkers bucks, where I basically just gave a point for every wild thing or insane statistical performance that happened in the game. I scored each game on these metrics and awarded points accordingly to the top 10 games in each group. It's not perfect, but I think I've put together a great list for you today. If you disagree, let me know. Would love to hear other people's top games list. Enough shop talk. Let's go over the most heart-pounding contest of the year. So starting from the bottom, we had three honorable mentions. Wyoming's thrilling Barstool Arizona Bowl win over Toledo 16 to 15 is our first honorable mention. This game had the third highest combined winning percentage and also the seventh highest winning percentage for the loser. Toledo was up 15 to 6 in the third quarter and Evan Sabota rushing touchdown cut it to two. And with his career on the line, Craig Bowl led a phenomenal drive down the field with gutsy calls and a very scary moment where Evan Sabota fumbled the ball after picking up a key first down near the end of the game. And it ended with a game winning field goal from John Hoyland, giving Wyoming their second straight Arizona Bowl win and Craig Bowl and the Cowboys their best year since 1996. Our second honorable mention comes from week one, which was when Fresno State went into West Lafayette and beat Big Ten opponent Purdue. This game had four lead changes. Fresno State was a slight underdog in this one, and at one point, Purdue had a 93.1% chance to win this game. Mikey Keene and Eric Brooks both dominated and put themselves deep into the hearts of Fresno State fans, and one of the clutchest players in the conference, linebacker Lavelle Bailey, got the game-winning pass deflection that won the game for the Bulldogs. And our last honorable mention is from the final week of the regular season, which was Colorado State and Hawaii. That game was absolutely insane. Hawaii led for most of the game. They were up 24 to 10 in the fourth quarter, but a Torrey Horton 70-yard touchdown on fourth down with 54 seconds left tied the game at 24. But Hawaii drove down the field to get into field goal range. And with time running out, they got their field goal unit on the field just in time to get the snap off and Matt Shipley hit a game-winning field goal to secure Hawaii's 5-8 record and destroy Colorado State's hopes of returning to a bowl game. Now to start off the list, at number 10, we have another Colorado State game. This was a phenomenal contest between Colorado State and UNLV in Week 8. The craziest part about this game was the lead changes. They had seven lead changes, which was by far the most in the conference this year. Colorado State had an 86.8% chance to win this at one point. That was after their 13-3 halftime lead, but then UNLV had 16 straight points, and then in the final 90 seconds, both teams traded go-ahead field goals. It was UNLV going up 22-20, to then it was Colorado State going up 23-22, and as the clock expired, Jose Pisano knocked one more through to give UNLV the 25-23 win, which put them at 6-1, giving them their first bowl berth in over a decade. This game definitely deserves to be on this list just because of how back and forth it was, and it really could have ended up being a Rams win in a lot of different universes. 
Texas. At number nine, we go to week four with Appalachian State from the Sun Belt visiting Wyoming. This game had four lead changes and App State actually had a 96.2% chance of winning this game. The Cowboys only had seven points through three quarters, but a 75-yard touchdown run from Harrison Whaley got them back into it. App State had a chance to put the game away with a field goal, but it was blocked, picked up by Ja'Cory Hawkins, and taken 62 yards to the house, which would end up being the game-winning touchdown. App State did get a chance to tie or take the lead, got down to the 35-yard line with the clock running down, but Joey Aguilar threw an interception to Rook Brown, sealing another insane win for Wyoming. Another game that may not have affected the Mountain West a ton, but just the absolute insanity this game was, and that field goal block touchdown was just a thing of beauty. There's a moment that no Wyoming fan will forget. At number eight, we go to week 13, where New Mexico went on the road and upset Fresno State. The Bulldogs were up 14-3 to at the beginning of the game, but thanks to an incredible game from Ja'Cory Krosky Merritt, who had 209 yards and two touchdowns, New Mexico put up 22 unanswered to win 25-17. This was the Lobos' first win in Fresno since 1994, and more importantly, this officially knocked Fresno State out of the conference championship race, which I'm sure Danny Gonzalez was very proud of. Fresno State had a 94% chance of winning this game when they were up 14-3, and this game also got a huge boost from New Mexico winning despite being 22.5 point underdogs, which was the biggest upset by point spread this year. The game itself may have not been as exciting as our number 9 and number 10 entries, but just the absolute absurdity of New Mexico pulling this win off, and the fact that Fresno State had a lot to play for. They only had to beat New Mexico and San Diego State at the end of the year to get back to the conference championship, but after this, that was completely out the window. It was just an incredibly shocking moment during this Mountain West season. At number seven, we move one week into the future where San Jose State and UNLV faced off in the regular season finale with a conference title spot on the line. San Jose State was up 17 to nothing in the first quarter. Kyrie Robinson dominated with 168 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a touchdown in every single regular season game, which I just realized what an incredible accomplishment. The Spartans were up 37-17 in the fourth quarter, but two fourth quarter touchdowns from UNLV made it close. They even forced a three and out to get the ball back with about 50 seconds and no timeouts to try and steal this win. Unfortunately, they didn't go anywhere after that, and San Jose State secured the six-point road upset and more importantly locked in a three-way tie for first at the top of the conference. Of course, we know that UNLV would end up getting the nod for the championship game over San Jose State, but this win for the Spartans was absolutely incredible. It's probably a big reason why Brent Brennan ended up getting the Arizona job, just because of how big of a deal this run that San Jose State put together was for the Mountain West. This was just a phenomenal game to watch. UNLV making this close at the end definitely got this game onto the list, but I think that the only reason it's not higher is just because there weren't any lead changes, it wasn't a huge upset, and UNLV never led in this game, so that's probably why it's a little lower than you would expect, but this game was still phenomenal, and it was an incredible game to watch. At number six, we go back to week one for Texas Tech and Wyoming. Texas Tech came into Laramie and went up 17-0 at the start of the game. Wyoming fought their way back. Andrew Peasley was absolutely incredible, and despite the Cowboys being down their top four running backs, they came all the way back, got the game to overtime. On that incredible third down play where Texas Tech sent eight rushers right at Andrew Peasley, and he absorbed the hit and made a perfect throw to John Michael Gillenborg for the touchdown. Then they go for two and get it with Sam Scott running it up the middle to secure the 35-33 win in overtime. Wyoming was a two-touchdown underdog, and 
of course they did storm the field so they are going to get a little bit of bonus points for that but overall this was just an awesome game to start the season off with watching this live watching Wyoming come back into this game was just phenomenal after going down 17 nothing it seemed like maybe Wyoming was not going to be having a good year this year but then they showed what they have shown all season which is grit toughness and they just never quit somehow managed to get that game into overtime they somehow got out of there with the win and while it didn't have any long-term impact on the Mountain West it let everyone know that the Cowboys were for real this year at number five we go to week seven for the huge matchup between Wyoming and Air Force who was undefeated at the time this game had the highest combined winning percentage of any of our matchups this year in the opposite fashion of our last entry Wyoming led 14 to nothing at the start of the game Air Force got back in the lead in the second half but two fumbles would really keep the door open for Wyoming Wyoming got in the end zone and only needed the PAT after to take the lead but it was blocked keeping us tied at 27 paving the way for John Lee Eldridge the third taking a 58 yard pitch to the house for the game winning touchdown Air Force improved to 6-0 with this win and the cadets stormed the field which was really cool to see these are very serious guys you don't see them having fun a lot and this was a huge moment for both of these teams as it was kind of the end of Wyoming's rise to the top they ended up getting blown out by a couple of top conference contenders later in the year Air Force even though they finished at 8-4 and getting them to 6-0 and at this point this gave them a lot of national respect it put them in the New Year 6 conversation and this was also their first big time win they hadn't really played anybody up until this point but this was a very good Wyoming team and this was a game that they really had to dig deep to win it was an insane fourth quarter with the fumbles and that block point after and the game winning touchdown from John Lee Eldridge the third I have no problem at all with this game being in the top five at number four in week 12 we have UNLV traveling to Colorado Springs to take on Air Force both these teams entered the contest eight and two and like a lot of these games it didn't seem like it was going to be a contest Air Force was up 24 to 7 in the second quarter but the Rebels had a second half to remember they completely shut the Falcons out they had 17 unanswered points to take a four-point lead and Air Force had a chance to take the lead at the end of the game and got all the way down to the eight-yard line but they didn't get any further than that turning the ball over on downs and giving UNLV their ninth win of the year securing their best year since 1984 this game also let the Rebels control their fate as they only needed to beat San Jose State to secure their spot in the conference championship and of course we know they lost that game and still got in the conference championship but still their ability to control their fate at this moment was very cool whether you were a fan of UNLV or not this was the moment that everyone fell in love with them they beat the doors off of Wyoming the week before to set up this matchup and make the stakes as high as they were but the ability to come from behind down by 17 the defense stepping up completely shutting down the Air Force offense that had really given them problems in the first half and Jada Maiava protecting the football which was another problem in the first half the go-go offense firing on all cylinders they're hitting some of their deep shots and once they got the lead they hung on to it for dear life and even though they let the Falcons get all the way to the eight yard line the Rebels bent but they didn't break which has to be their motto for this year this game really was a microcosm of UNLV's rise to the top this year now getting into our top three at number three in week three we have the Rocky Mountain showdown between Colorado State and Colorado who was ranked 18th at the time obviously neither of these teams ended the season the way they wanted but take yourself back to this moment you had college game day there you had 60 minutes there the entire world was watching Colorado State play a football game you have to put that into perspective and despite all of the national media focusing all their attention on Dion, on Shador Sanders on all of their transfers on all the hype none 
none of it went to the Rams. Literally none of it. They made a switch at starting quarterback before this game, and they didn't mention it a single time on game day. Everyone in the world thought the Rams were going to get blown out, and no one decided to tell the Rams that. There was more fuel thrown onto the fire when Jay Norvell threw a dig at Deion Sanders in his press conference, saying something along the lines of, I take my sunglasses and hat off when I talk to adults. And this game was just absolutely insane. Braden Fowler Nicolosi in his first start was phenomenal. Really showed the entire country what he's capable of. Along with this Rams receiving core, they had three different receivers with over 100 yards. Colorado State led for most of the game. They actually had a 99.4% chance of winning this game. But after failing to put the game away with a red zone fumble from Dolan Holker, which by the way, don't get mad at him. He had an incredible game. He had 100 yards and two touchdowns. Gave the Buffs a shot to send the game to overtime from their own two-yard line and Shador Sanders just led an incredible 98-yard drive to tie the game just before overtime. Both teams got a touchdown in the first overtime. The Rams went second, so they had the opportunity to go for two, and they didn't, and I really, really, really think they should have. Obviously, hindsight is 20-20, but I feel like in that situation, the win's right there. You gotta go for it. With how incredible your offense has been, with how hard it had been for the Buffs to defend Torrey Horton and Dolan Holker after Travis Hunter got hurt, which was another thing I didn't even mention. Number one player in the country, Travis Hunter, got knocked out with a rib injury after Henry Blackburn blasted him. Literally ended up with Henry Blackburn getting death threats and people getting arrested. That's how insane this game was. But Colorado State opted to go for the point after, tying it at 35. Colorado scored another touchdown and the two-point conversion, and then the Rams didn't find the end zone again. This insane game ended with the Colorado fans storming the field after their ranked team survived in overtime against a winless group of five team, which, you know, the optics are great there. But overall, what a moment for Jay Norvell and this team. This really felt like a program-changing moment, and even though they didn't get back to a bowl game this year, just the energy around this game was palpable. It was just a perfect storm of there not being a ton of huge games on that week, and college game day going there, and all the hype around Deion Sanders, and Colorado State just came in and said, I don't care. They played their hearts out, they showed the world what they're made of, and even though they didn't get the win, I could not be more excited for the Rocky Mountain Showdown in 2024, which will be in Fort Collins this year. At number two, our runner-up for the best game of the year in week six, we had number 24 Fresno State sitting at 5-0, traveling to Laramie to take on 4-1 Wyoming. Wyoming got a huge lead early after a 24-point first half, and despite the offense not putting up anything in the second half, the defense did just enough to secure the win. Of course, the game ending on an iconic interception from defensive tackle Cole Godbout, sending Laramie into a frenzy for the second time this year. Despite being five and a half point underdogs and Fresno State coming into this game with a 14 game win streak, the longest in the country at this time, the Cowboys really took it to them. They controlled this game front to back. And even though the offense kind of fell off towards the end, they were the better team this game. As you would expect, the Wyoming faithful stormed the field once again, their second field storming of the year. And while this was the peak of Wyoming season, unless you want to count the bowl win at the end, the optimism and outlook had never been better for Wyoming. Coming into this, it was expected that this game was possibly a preview of the conference championship. Obviously, it didn't end up like that, but this was two of the top teams in the conference at the time, and they gave us a great game that went down to the wire. I'm totally fine with this one slotting in at number two. And at number one, our most exciting game of the year. You may have seen this coming. In week seven, Boise State sitting at three and three, going to play in Fort Collins against Colorado State. The Broncos controlled this game the whole way. They were up 17 to nothing at halftime, and then after Ashton Genty put a nice bow on his 250 total yard and three touchdown performance, Boise State was up 
30 to 10 with four minutes left. Keep in mind at multiple points throughout the next four minutes, Boise State had a 99.9% chance of winning this game. That is not a joke. That is the literal stat. Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, and the Rams offense woke up for the first time all game. They led one quick touchdown drive. They got the onside kick, got another touchdown drive to cut the lead to six, but it looked like it was over after their second onside kick was recovered. But after forcing a punt, they did get a chance with about 30 seconds and no timeouts. The drive got a huge shot in the arm after Braden Fowler Nicolosi found Tori Horan on a deep post route for 44 yards, setting them up inside the Broncos 40 yard line with one play left in the game. And of course, you all know what happened. BFN drops back, launches it into the crowd of bodies in the end zone. Everyone goes up for it. Broncos corner Kawanoe Kaneho knocks it to the turf where Dallin Holker is waiting to snag it just inches from the turf. One of the craziest comebacks, finishes, and football games I have ever seen. After Jordan Noyes knocked through the extra point, it was official. Colorado State had done the unthinkable back from the death, back from a 99.9% chance of losing. Understandably, the Rams fans stormed the field. This is the program's first ever win against Boise State, and this just continued the Broncos' free fall. And, and even though Andy Avalos wouldn't be fired for another few weeks, arguably when you look back at their season, especially because they started playing better in the last three games of Andy Avalos's tenure. This game and this collapse was ultimately what ended Andy Avalos's tenure as Boise State's head coach. Like I said, this list was based off of a scoring chart, so I really didn't have any input on this, but this would have been my pick for the number one game too. Truly, if you watch the last four minutes of this game, it's unlike anything you will ever see and is unlike anything that will probably ever happen again. That's it for this episode of the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to the mountain make sure to make the trek back here next tuesday for another brand new episode which will officially be our first ever college basketball episode with a special guest if you enjoyed the episode rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on or leave us a review on itunes nothing helps the show out more than that so any ratings would be greatly appreciated follow us on twitter at mwc connection and find all of your mountain west news at mwcconnection.com also please check out the depth chart tracker link is in all our sites and this episode's description it's super detailed and i really think it's the only resource like it on the internet so give it a look thank you again for listening really happy with how the show is going and i have big plans for the future so stay tuned until next time i'm jack thompson enjoy your life